reading that, it helped me to kind of reframe some things that, you know, that maybe like I regretted or had shame about, but it was like, it was the right decision for me. So I cannot say that like, oh, I did a bad thing. It was like, actually you did a really hard thing, which is brave and not people, like not many people can do. And it's, it's hard to even say that out loud because I'm a 30 something year old woman in the society. So it seems weird to even call myself brave for doing something that a lot of people disagreed with. But like, that's because I was doing what I needed to do for me. Happy Aloha August, everybody, and welcome to The Sparkle Beat. Today I'll be chatting with my brilliant friend, Kirsten Harris, about the Sparkle Beat book club pick, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Kirsten and I grew up together in a small town in Indiana and have been lifelong friends and soul sisters through this wild ride we call womanhood. When I first read Untamed, it reawakened my feminist spark so deeply, I knew I had to share this gem with every woman I knew. Whether you've been reading along with us or are just interested in filling your feminist soul, I look forward to having more empowering conversations with all of you, and I hope you'll be inspired to find yourself again. Enjoy. Hey, Kirst. Hello. Hi. Thank you? you so much for chatting today. Oh, my pleasure. I know we've talked a lot about Untamed and Glennon Doyle over the past few weeks, but what were your thoughts and feelings and everything that came up while while you're reading this amazing book? Well, this book destroyed me <laughs> in the best yeah. way possible. <laughs> um, it definitely just like, I mean, props to you for the recommendation, but it's just, it's spot on for... Um, I think anyone who is alive in this world right now, but especially uh, a women. So yeah, I, this book was just um, like, I mean, do you want to dive right into it? Cause like, just like, yeah. um, just the title alone, just like that concept of untamed, uh, you know, being a, like, she talks a lot about this, like as women we're caged, like our, we're taught to not trust ourselves. And so I think what really resonated right from the get-go was the idea of being wild, like our true selves, like who we are in nature. Basically, we're told that that's not right. And so we're caged in that. And so, um, yeah, I just think that the, like, that is just something that has, like, just been very, like, spot yeah. on, because, like, kind of like what I've been working on personally. But yeah, so I just think that the, like, that image of the wild animal, like pacing a fence. Like we've all seen that in the zoo, mm -hmm. you know, like something wrong with the animal and that we're that animal too. Like we're, we're caged. That was such a powerful visual for her to open the book with. Mm -hmm. And uh, she likes to say you're a goddamn cheetah. And <laughs> I know my mom really resonated with that too. She, uh, she just comes out with it right away. Um, and it definitely carries throughout the whole book and the idea of being caged, it's questioning whenever we do something and have the intention, how much of this was my idea, which of my beliefs are my own creation and which are programmed into me, how much of who I've become is inherent and how much was just inherited, how much of the way I look and speak and behave is just how other people have trained me to look and speak and behave. 
And once these questions are asked in such a direct way, it's so easy to be like, whoa, (laughs) this is not even what I want or I need or what I think and feel. And we've never been presented with the idea of even questioning it before. Yep. Yeah. I think that like the idea of like how she just uses a like wild big cat as like your visualization of like we all can like put ourselves into that cheetah's shoes like a wild animal is not supposed to be in a cage like just like flat out and then you think about as young girls like I don't know about you I don't want to put words in your mouth but like I definitely was told explicitly or just by my you know social like upbringing the culture I came up in that like you need to be a good girl. Like, do not act out. Like, don't do what you want to do, basically. Like, who you actually are is wrong. And mm-hmm. so from such a young age to be told that, that's exactly like capturing or just a wild animal born into captivity. Like, it's not, it's going against nature. And then that's where you, like, as when you start asking yourself those questions, like, what is, like, what do I actually want? Like, what actually matters to me, like, myself? That's when, as I said, this book destroyed me because you start to look at, like, oh, fuck. Can I cuss on this? <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> like, for it. Basically, like, shit. Like, you can't, like, you cannot deny when you start to examine, like, that inner chatter that's in your head, you can't deny when you, like, you're, you're able to see, like, okay, that came from, you know, my parents, that came from, you came up in a church, that came from school, that came from society, that came mm-hmm. from laws, like, it's just like, it's just, it is, uh, it, this, this book is a big wake up call. And like, from the freaking get go. Yeah, like, absolutely. Bombs. You, you touched on just like growing up and what we learn in childhood. And there was such a, it was such a simple chapter. I think it was a page and a half, but it hit home so hard for me. It's Glennon. She's a mother of um, three, three children, a boy and two girls. And her son was having a uh, middle school age. Her son was having friends over to watch a movie. So there were some girls, a group of girls and some boys as well. And just typical mom, Glennon peeks her head in and is like, hey, does anyone want any food? The boys do not look away from the movie screen and are just like, yeah, we want some. The girls all look to each other and feel each other out, unspoken, you know, just give each other the eyes like, are we hungry? Like, we have to answer this question as one. And, you know, they had a spokesperson speak up and said, no, we're not hungry. We don't need anything. Thank you. But it's so, that was such a huge, that resonated with me Mm -hmm. because I think of growing up and remember the days when we would wear like the same clothes, the same hair, it's like, it's like in Mean Girls on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Like that's a real thing girls do. Yep. And it's something that we've been trained to do. I don't think that's something that we actually want to do is look like each other and dress like each other. But that's like an acceptable thing. And that means you're a part of something and you're a part of the sisterhood. But actually, it's really repressing one another and putting each other in cages. Yep. So I was it was such a simple chapter and it's such a simple story. But it's like, why if a girl's hungry, why did she have to look to her friends? But Mm -hmm. that's it's you know, that starts in middle school, probably even earlier. And I loved that chapter because it's 
Glennon's all about be still and know. You know the answer. You know everything that you need and want inside. But we tend to pull our friends or we tend to ask advice. It's be still and know, not pull your friends and know. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you're from a young age taught that, like, I don't actually know what's best for me. Like everyone around me has like caused all this doubt basically in my head that like I can't even tell if I'm hungry. I have to see what the crowd says and then I'll know. (laughs) It's so ridiculous, but we've all been there. Mm -hmm. We've totally all been there. Yeah. And it just goes back to being afraid of judgment of other people of like, oh, she's the one girl that's eating with the boys, which Mm -hmm. is it's so silly, but that's where it starts. And it starts something as little as that. And then it just grows and grows and then it becomes your career, who you marry how many kids you have, if you choose to have kids, all of these decisions, we're looking outside to other people instead of looking inside and knowing yeah. what's right for us. I so. mean, like, it's so funny that like, this is truly like one of the like smallest or like shortest little chapters, but there's so much in it because even I just want to touch on how she describes how the boys were draped over the couch, just like chilling, like full on lounge mode. But yet the girls were all like, neatly tiny packaged up on the floor like in this like tiny little ball like to me that was just like such a wonderful visual of like the difference of boys are just like here we are like this is who I am I'm like gonna like lounge all over the couch however I feel like I need to but girls we have to be tight we have to be small don't take up Mm -hmm. too much space don't disturb anything like actually it's best if you just sit on the floor like that's exactly how she described that hangout, that's how all of my hangouts looked like when I was a kid. Like, girls were in these tiny little, like, cross, like, cross-leg balls while the boys were just doing whatever the hell they want. It just, yeah. It's so innate how, like, girls are basically told in the expectations that are put on them. Yeah. So we have all of these things that are kind of programmed into us during girlhood and childhood. And then as we grow older it becomes this idea of the perfect woman is this selfless woman. And when did that happen? When did selflessness become the pinnacle of womanhood? That's the question that Glennon poses. And it's true. It's that is the people that get the most praise in this world are the selfless women. Yep. The ones so that basically, are the most. Yep. So a woman who is full of herself and knows and trusts herself enough to say and do what must be done is what Glennon says is what needs to be <laughs> the the new woman. Yeah. She needs to let the rest burn and forget about being selflessness. You need to be actually full of yourself, but full of yourself in a spiritual way. Um, there's that like negative con- connotation of like women, like, oh, she's so full of herself. Mm-hmm. She like, act- basically she acts way too confident. Yep. And I, I actually, I posted on Instagram, on the Sparkle Bee Instagram page, a quote from this chapter about letting the rest burn because I think it would trigger a lot of people to say something like that. Absolutely. Now, you know that was like my favorite part is just the, the concept of letting everything else burn around you. Like that has to happen for like if you want new and I'm going to get a little woo-woo, like death and rebirth is the only constant in this life. If you want something new, something has to Mm. The way she talks about, like, 
if you're following your truth and if you're doing what's best for you, that idea of being full of yourself, like full of only your truth, no one else's expectation, then automatically that creates a shift. Like that burns everything around you. But by doing that, you're following your truth. So therefore you're building something new. So the only thing that is sacrificing that thought, that fire is what doesn't serve you. So it's just this like, I just love the way that she has put it out because it's so, to me, like an obvious, like very, like a concept that's able, I'm able to grasp and run with. And it just, it just makes so much sense that is, cause it's not selfish. It's not only being like, I only care about me, like fuck you. Yeah. But essentially it is that because it's like, fuck you. You don't know what's best for me. Right. I do. I trust my inner knowing. And that's what the like, like to me that like full of ourselves, like we need more people that are living their actual truth because that's where the magic is. Yeah. When, you're do- when you're living in your truth, that's the power. I just I love the way that she talked about that. Like, let it burn, man. And I think the first one of the first lines in her little rant there was like when. <laughs> A woman loses herself, the world loses its way. And that's so true. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's something that we're not empowered. We don't hear that. It's why it triggered a lot of people is because we we are never told to let things burn. We're told to hold things together. Our job, what we've been told by the world is women hold things together. They hold the family together. They do everything. They do not be selfish and follow their hearts and do whatever they want to do. They need to think about others first. Yep. So that, yeah, that that was just, it just reading that and seeing that, Hey, this is okay. And in fact, it's not only okay, it's necessary. It's so empowering. It is. And like, even like she touches on it and I think it's like so important to say, like we convince ourselves that it's easier to not change. Like it's easier just to be like, Oh yeah, this is fine. This is good enough. I'll just accept it. Like that's death. Like that's like actually so dangerous to you. Cause that's when people, you know, they numb themselves, they shut down because they're just looking at their lives and they're like, yeah, this is, this isn't what I want, but it's fine. I just, I can't, I can't make any change, but that's where it's like, that's so dangerous. Like you're truly just accepting death. Mm -hmm. Like you're just not, choosing to go forward but it's hard it's it's hard to step out of that comfort zone it's hard to you know first say say out loud to yourself like this isn't what I want I don't like this this isn't going okay for me but then the next step to burn it down and walk away from it is not so easy but we have to do that we have to. it's not easy but I think what would really help the process is for other women in particular to remove judgment The reason why it's not easy is usually not internal 100%. It's what the external judgment that you get. So if we can empower one another and reassure each other that it is okay to do what you need to do in this life, it could really change, change things and make the shift. Yep. It's the, it's the judgment that, that holds us back. Yep. It's the like, but it's also, don't you think sometimes too, like if someone's judging someone and being like, you know, Ooh, you're making a decision I wouldn't do. It's also like, that's their fear. Like they're projecting it onto you because they're fucking terrified to take the next step and they see you doing it. And they're like, Ooh, no, you're crazy for going against the status quo. Yeah. 
So it's like this judgment coming. I mean, I guess that's probably all judgment. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's you scare me because you're doing something that I do not feel confident enough to do or I never even thought I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's like basically all like women are a threat. We need to control them. So mm-hmm. they don't do things that scare us and that we don't understand. Yeah. One um, big feedback that I got from some other people that are reading the book with us is that they uh, they loved the ghost chapter. Uh, oh, yeah. That's the one. So Glennon, um, in one of her first books, she's, she talked, like, the first sentence of the book is, like, I am born broken. And, <laughs> you know, and I, I think of, yeah. like, the, uh, the famous saying is, like, I'm perfectly imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. And to owning our flaws. And she is so anti that now. And I love the idea that she's like, I was thinking that now things have changed. I've recently like written a blog about how I no longer like believe in the statement, good vibes only like that's Mm -hmm. (laughs) transformation. We want that. We want people Mm -hmm. to change their ideas when they become (laughs) enlightened. Right. So uh, I just, I love that because I feel like we, we try to say that as a way to empower ourselves, but it's actually again, hurting us and holding us back by saying these things. It's the story we're telling ourselves. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, uh, cause by saying I'm, I'm imperfectly imperfect. Like you're still acknowledging that there's a quest for perfection. Like you're still acknowledging that you're not what everyone else thinks you should be. So it's like, that really resonated with me because I'm totally like, that person that's like, oh, I'm going to rebel against what you want. But like, yeah, but you're still actually in that cage. Yes. That you talk about. We both like, did that. Still, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like you're still limiting yourself. Like there's, you're still acknowledging that there's a standard that you're measuring yourself up against. And so it's just so that chapter I had uh, like post-its on that one. Literally, it just like said, fuck. <laughs> like, just, like, shit. Like you're just talking about like, what broken actually means. It means that it doesn't function as it was designed to function. Mm, Okay. I am not broken because there's actually, I am a functioning human being. There is nothing wrong with me, but how scary is it? Is it that like you can believe like I'm a broken person because I'm not perfect. Like, no, 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 no. It's so, yeah, that one was a straight blew the top off my head Uh, yeah that was one I got a lot of feedback on and Glennon says where do we get the idea that there's some other better more perfect unbroken way to be human and who is she where is she well she's a ghost that's why this chapter is called ghost like she does not exist we are comparing ourselves to this not real ideal so it's uh there's a line in that 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 I definitely highlighted and I'm loving it it's freedom is not being for or against an ideal but creating your own existence from scratch yes oh it's so good yeah. it's so good yes yeah the description of that as a ghost is like that's exactly what it is it haunts us all it really doesn't exist it's just we let it haunt us and it, it doesn't have to absolutely yeah um and then shortly after that ghost chapter there's the ears chapter 
And I, again, she does such a good job of taking just everyday life stories and making them bigger. Um, Both of her daughters were going to go get her ears pierced and her younger daughter was just all about it. She was ready to go. She jumped in the chair. She's like, let's do this thing. And her older daughter was very hesitant. And the um, technician that was doing the piercing was was telling the younger one, oh, you're so brave, and turning to the older sister, be like, hey, why don't you be brave like your sister? And Glennon (laughs) made sure to tell the older, who ended up not getting her ears pierced that day, the older sister was just not feeling it. It didn't feel right to her uh, that actually – you that was very brave that you didn't do that because you listened to your inner knowing and you didn't conform just because someone was pressuring you to which yes. like shame on I mean I'm sure that that woman doing the piercing did not mean to shame the daughter but it's yeah. like <laughs> I peer pressuring someone into doing something like that is just not <laughs> it's not the way to go yep and just to like automatically like you know yeah, I'm sure that piercer wasn't being like aggressive. She was trying to be encouraging, but it's just, it's so interesting to observe those little moments. And and like you said, like she, Glennon just does such a great job of like looking at these everyday situations from a different perspective. And I think it allows a lot of introspective thoughts on the, like from the reader, like from the point of view, because you look at it and you're like, yeah, that piercer didn't mean malice with it. But it's just like, that's our society that we live in, that even something as simple as a little girl not wanting to get her ears pierced, she's then told like, yeah, well, you're like not being brave because you're scared and you're not doing it anyway. Yes. But like, I think it's so special just to like have a, like a moment like with a young girl like that to be like, no, actually, like, it's okay if you let other people down because they don't actually matter. It goes back to that let it burn stuff. Like, it's like, it's only what you want to do matters. And you were brave because you didn't get forced into it. Like that is such like a concept. There's so much in this book. that's like you and I have said that it's like young people need to be hearing this from a young age. And it's like radical to even tell a child like that you were brave by not doing something. Uh-huh. Like there's bravery in that because you stuck to what you wanted to do. That's just so big. And I, I honestly have never really thought about bravery in that sense like I always think Mm -hmm. of bravery exactly how you said it is being scared and doing it anyway and like wow look how brave I am but that's such an interesting way to spin bravery is to be to forsake all others to be true to yourself that's something that needs to be told to every single person out there it really did a lot just to like in that moment reading that it helped me to kind of reframe some things that you know, that maybe like I regretted or had shame about, but it was like, it was the right decision for me. So I cannot say that like, oh, I did a bad thing. It was like, actually you did a really hard thing, which is brave and not people, like not many people can do. And it's, it's hard to even say that out loud because I'm a 30 something year old woman in the society. So it seems weird to even call myself brave for doing something that a lot of people disagreed with. But like, that's because I was doing what I needed to do for me. Like, it didn't matter what the other people thought of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool. Like, a little girl not wanting to get her ears pierced. It's like, there's a lot to learn from that. Absolutely. Just, oh, yeah. Absolutely. 
So that was a a popular um, chapter as well with other people that I spoke to. But um, this next part, Erica's chapter is definitely, this is, this was my like throw the book across the, (laughs) my life has changed forever chapter. I I would honestly read the whole thing right now, um, but I want people to read the book for themselves and experience it themselves. But um, it, this, this chapter, it really hits home the idea of abandoning everyone else's expectations before abandoning yourself. And that is just the biggest takeaway. That's honestly my biggest takeaway for the whole book. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just love everything she talks about in this chapter. Yeah. I mean, well said. It's one that, yeah, I agree. You could probably just read the whole thing start to finish. And it's just like <laughs> uh, tons of truth, but same. That was my takeaway that like, you cannot, like you have to trust yourself and stop trying to control or contain who you actually are. Because as soon as you stop doing that, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like, that's it. That's you. It's good. Let it be. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing else. Like, yeah. You Ugh. you talked about it before, but we've been told at such a young age, like, we cannot trust ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you fairy tales, acting ladylike you know how you want to act is not the right way go back to politics not being able to have control over our bodies we can't even make decisions about our own bodies um i mean there's just so many examples of how we are told that we cannot trust our innate feelings so glennon says a very effective way to control women is to convince women to control themselves yes i have that quote yes (laughs) We have bought in to this, to this idea of the epitome of womanhood is to lose yourself completely, to be a mother, to categorize, you know, how many people do you know that just like, oh, who are you? Well, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a businesswoman. You know, like they all are roles. It's like, okay, that's, those are your roles, but like, who are you? And that's, yes. I've, I've asked myself that question too. That is such a hard question to answer because you want it and you want to immediately go to your roles, your roles in this mm-hmm. world. Yep. But then that causes that, that issue of what if those roles are taken away from you? Your kids go off to college. You're still a mother, but you know, are you <laughs> when your kids yep. are adults and you know, you still, or you're married what if you get divorced or what if your spouse passes away um your job gosh that's especially now that's literally the least stable thing that you can use to describe yourself exactly so why do women automatically go to roles where i don't i can't think of very many men that immediately associate themselves with a as a husband no, yeah. I think it's a lot easier for men to just be like, I do what I want. Like, this is this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm there. Yeah, it's like for women, it's easy for us. And I think just because we've been told that like our natural state is wrong. So it's easy for us to be like, well, this is what's expected of me. So I can find, you know, like a false sense of connection or commonality between another person by saying, 
you know, these are the roles I fulfill, never mind, like, you know, my inner desires and what I actually want to do. I don't think we even all have the, the framework or the, like, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but it's hard sometimes to answer that question without just automatically being like, this is what I do for a living. Like, you know, this is a story that I can easily tell to you. It's, it's so much harder to be like, like I am who I am. And I, I, I follow my truth. Like, this is just it. It's like, I can't even describe that. Like how, like, it's just a lifetime of being in a cage. It's like, just like, basically it's, yeah, it's just a really, I like that. That was a talked about in that sandcastle. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just going to, I love that. I it, love the that way metaphor. She oh my about, gosh. Like, so good. Separate yourself from that sandcastle. Like, I, I mean, you probably have a more eloquent way of describing it, but just kind of that, like knowing that, like you said, roles are going to change, things are going to shift, but like that tide is always coming in. Like that sandcastle, that role that you identify with is not safe. Like it's not a, a stable structure. Like mm-hmm. you have to separate yourself from that sandcastle. You can always build on their sandcastle, but you have to be the builder. You have to be the person that's separate and whole that's constantly building and rebuilding. Yeah. That, that is such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful visual that you are not the sandcastle. You're the builder. And life yeah. is going to come. The tide is going to come. It's going to wipe away these roles, these ideas. But that's not you. You are the builder. You're the the person that is actively building and rebuilding. Yeah. Such – I that's a huge takeaway for me, too, to remove yourself well, from anything that is not internal so that mm-hmm. it can affect you in an unhealthy way, I guess, would be the best way to describe that. That's huge. That was a big takeaway too, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I think what uh what resonated the most for me, like just as a whole from the book, like is just that how I've interpreted it, but just kind of that me first. Like there's no one else that matters that like basically everything that's not me that doesn't come from my inner knowing my truth doesn't get to take the lead. Like that's just it. So like letting go of all of these expectations from, you know, the outside, like basically those cages that I've put myself in to make everyone else around me comfortable and which by doing that destroyed me. Like just doing that doesn't make it easier. Like life is always going to be hard, but as soon as I am focusing on what do I want, there's clarity that comes from committing to trusting yourself. And like, I'm not saying I have everything figured out by any means, but just that concept holding that like me first following my truth allows me to trust that I know, or I will know what I need to do. Like no one else is going to tell me that like, it's only going to be me. And that's, that's my biggest takeaway. Like, I love that. That's so, so powerful for me. My biggest takeaway again is the, the knowing that she talks about and just listening to whatever you want to call it, that, that woman's intuition, the knowing God, there a lot of people yeah. call it different things, but really trusting that and idea of self-love. Like I've always considered myself to be confident and, you know, I genuinely like who I am and what I stand for. But when I read about Glennon's take on self-love, I realized it was actually pretty surface level the yeah. way I thought of it. And it's 
it's definitely self-love is trusting yourself always and never abandoning yourself. And I definitely find myself rising to expectations of others to like show that like, oh, I'm competitive. So like, I want to prove, prove to them or show them that I can do this and just call it like hard work. And I'm, I'm driven. Right. But a lot of times it's just to, it's not necessarily what I want to do. It's just to like prove wrong or win. I like to win, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Oh, interesting. That's, I've never realized that that is, self-love on a very the way that I loved myself was more surface level because I was changing the way I would do things to fill others expectations god right like especially with like jobs with like friendships previous relationships like I would absolutely abandon my myself in a lot of situations even like I'm a very strong confident person but I would find myself like, yeah, I love myself, but I also do this because it's, it's more convenient or I don't mm-hmm. want to cause a fuss or I'm doing this to like prove myself. Yep. Oh yeah. It's like you like, per, like you basically want to make things easier on everyone else around yourself. So you're willing to sacrifice yourself. Absolutely. And that's exactly going like, that's going against our natural state like we know and so like we know what we're supposed to do and I love the way too she talks about like like what feels warm what feels cold like following the warmth like you know in a situation where you're like oh this isn't what I want to be doing but like I'm gonna just say yes anyway and go along with it it's like what if we were strong enough to be like actually this doesn't work for me like I'm not gonna you know do the thing that you're asking me to do last minute it's like so easy for us to fall into that people pleasing mm-hmm. and it's going directly against like often directly against what we're just our natural state like yeah. it's just not what we're supposed to do it's not it is absolutely not yeah it's just I mean there's we could literally talk about this book for hours but <laughs> what is one thing you're doing today that you pulled from the book to make your life brighter um I think kind of along the same lines of that, like what resonated the most was just that like me first kind of concept, like, like not losing myself. So something that I found myself doing a lot since reading this book and and really working with it is like, it's not even like it's an official thing, but in those moments where like just having self check-ins basically. Mm -hmm. So like in a moment where it's like a work situation or just, just anything where like, I, I'm a very anxious person. So when that anxiety is starting to come up, it's it's just been the greatest kind of just help for that anxiety to do this self check-in where it's almost like I'm going inside myself and I'm also stepping out of the situation and just kind of checking in with that inner knowing. Like, how why are you feeling this way? Like, what's going on? Like, how are you feeling? What do you need? What's what's really frustrating for you? And it's not to say that like, I'm, I automatically know the answers, but just recognizing that feeling is that like what feels cold, what feels warm, like why does this feel agitated? And it just allows me some perspective to that. It's on, it's just calming. It's just like, I'm not wrong. I'm not crazy. Then entering this automatic like forgiveness and grace. And then like, I'm going to know what I need to do. So that's kind of a long winded answer. Like this book has just kind of helped me 
do a little bit better and just checking in with myself and just making sure like, is this actually what you want to do? Like, does this, is this making you happy? Like if it's not, then we need to look at it a little bit closer. And, and that's been really, uh, that's been cool. Cause we're so used to repressing those feelings. Mm-hmm. Like just fighting through yep. and just dealing with the concepts and then, or consequences. And then after that, you're like, I mean, I'm just in speaking for myself. It's like, then you end up doing something you don't even want to do. And you're like, God, why did I just so quickly say yes to this? Like, yeah. I didn't even think about myself before I did this. Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's my, my big thing that I'm doing to make my life brighter. Just listening to my knowing mm-hmm. and standing by it, standing yep. by it. Yeah. yeah. Cause doesn't she like that, the, like the inner knowing, like being still being quiet. It's like just taking a moment just to be like, pause for a second and just, just think for a second. And it might not come in that moment. I think it comes with practice, but, but yeah, those, uh, little self check in. So you to pause yeah so so great well I'm so happy we got to share this book together and talk about it and I know we've been talking about it a lot over the past few weeks but it's something that we are both committed to holding ourselves accountable to these these ideas and concepts forever because it's going to make our life so much better yeah definitely a game changer this is a great book yeah recommended to everyone Thank you to Kirsten and everyone who has been reading along with us. Connecting with you all and empowering one another is what the sisterhood is all about. If you have insights to share, feel free to head over to the sparklebeat.com blog under book club. I'd love to hear your thoughts. May you always be both held and free. And just like that, life is brighter.